0: Good evening, all you creatures of the night. It's that time of year again. The cool, crisp air nips at your neck as the leaves begin to change all around you. Fall is finally upon us, and now the glorious month of October has befallen us. We have 31 days to watch all of the terrifying, blood-curdling films before we finally reach All Hallows' Eve. But which films to watch? Where do I begin? This is the latest podcast episode of It Records, and the return of the annual recommendation show, Halloween Horror. Hello? Welcome to Fright Night. I ate his liver with some father beans. Nice piano. You see, Jason was my son, and today is his birthday. creatures of the night and welcome back to the it records podcast today is october 4th and we will be doing the fourth pick in the little sideshow we've been calling halloween horror now if you have no idea what that means halloween horror this is a traditional little podcast that we do every year in the month of october this is a side project that i myself do a solo project no Lindsay, no pete just me where during Halloween Horror, I recommend a horror movie to watch every day throughout the month of October. So seeing as today's October 4th, this will be my fourth recommendation. I did three earlier in the month and you can find those on SoundCloud or wherever you're listening to us and check out what those are. And they're just suggestions to let you kind of find a movie you'd want to watch in October. You know, you, you might not be into the genre so much as Pete and Lindsay and I were we're watching them all the time and now that October is here you're looking for a suggestion you're looking for a good one to watch something you've never heard of or one you've forgotten and hopefully that's what this Halloween horror uh, podcast can do for you it's going to give you a suggestion of a horror movie to watch as we approach Halloween also what I'm trying to do with Halloween horror is I'm not going to be giving you a suggestion uh, from a previous Halloween horror, and it's not going to be a suggestion from a movie we've done. These are completely new movies that we've never talked about or suggested on the podcast. And secondly, I am going to give a suggestion for a movie between the year 1990 to 2020. That's right. Each day, I'm giving you a movie from a different year in the past 30 years, between 1990 and 2020. And the first podcast... Uh, That we did. The first episode was 1990. The second was 1991, 92, and so forth, all the way up until Halloween on October 31st, and we'll give you a movie from the current year, 2020. So, with no further ado, today is October 4th, and we are going to be giving a suggestion for the year 1993. So, if you can take it back with me, and I am I am suggesting the 1993 Mexican independent horror drama written and directed by the one and only Guillermo del Toro, Kronos. Super excited for this movie. Um, As we're doing this podcast, I'm looking over at my Criterion Collection of Kronos. cannot believe I have never suggested it so far on the podcast, nor have we done a full-length episode. That will be something to look forward to because I would love to talk about this at full-length Pete and Lindsay. To start, if you guys... Uh, do not know, Guillermo del Toro, Uh, this is his first feature-length film. We, I believe, have done uh, Devil's Backbone, which is another one of his. Uh, I did uh, Halloween Horror last year, and I think we did The Orphanage, a full-length episode, which he didn't direct, but I I thought he helped produce. Anyway, Guillermo del Toro, you need to know by now, did Pan's Labyrinth, uh, Shape of Water, The Hellboy... Uh, he was part of Pacific Rim. I'm missing several others. Um, they Shall... Was that document... nope, that's not him. Sorry, wrong person, but Guillermo del Toro, Devil's Backbone, Shape of Water, Kronos. He's a brilliant, brilliant director. Um, and writer, for that matter. And this is his first feature-length film. He is a Mexican artist. And this film was meant to be a completely uh, Spanish-speaking film. But Ron Perlman... Uh, an American actor who is in a lot of Guillermo del, Toro, Guillermo del Toro's earlier works um, had terrible Spanish, so it became a dual-language film. Um, regardless, this is his first feature-length film. It was nominated for Best Foreign Language Film with the 66 Academy Awards, uh, but was not accepted, unfortunately. It's terrible that it was not. Um, but Kronos um, is a horror drama... Um, And I would say, even though it specifically does not mention it in the film, it kind of falls into a vampire subgenre, maybe even body horror um, to some extent. Uh, If you've never heard of it, uh, a mysterious device is designed to provide its owner with eternal life. It resurfaces after 400 years, leaving a trail of destruction in its path. So that's the general synopsis, and there's uh, two, two separate characters at your main focus point in this film that have uh, similar uh, paths, not similar paths, but different viewings of how to use Kronos or uh, the best intentions with Kronos Uh, essentially it's two different characters, one comes upon the device and the other has been seeking it so their intentions are slightly different but Kronos is now intertwining these two men's life together and what this device can do is bring eternal life. But what it also does is then bring a thirst for blood. And so you become essentially a vampire. And that's the downside to Kronos. If you have this eternal life and it really kind of contemplates a lot of questions on, you know, vampire films look at immortality, the thirst for blood and this movie is really looking at a person's addiction to life and how immortality is in itself a curse or your obsession with it, um, your greed with it, is in and of itself um, a curse that you are plagued with and do, is that something you should really be seeking out? And these two different men are looking at this, this chance at eternal life. In a slightly different lens but they're both older men one has an illness one's an older man um, and how they're going to cope with that is the consequence of immortality uh, Is it worth the consequences you know loved ones die you're seeking blood are you changing who you are are the things that you prize vanishing although your life your addiction to life continues it has those kind of philosophical underpinnings to it. There's religious allegories to it. Um, definitely. Uh, I believe Angel de la Guardia is Ron Perlman's name, guardian angel, and Jesus is the, the main protagonist in the film. Um, looking at religion, Guillermo Toro is a proclaimed atheist, um, and he says he lives in a very Roman Catholic nation, so he played that up in this film as well. But, I think what Guillermo del Toro tried to do and actually he did not try to do um, this, he said he wanted to do this is during this time frame this is 1993 he was kind of fed up with the, the horror films that were coming out those late 80s, early 90s which were just kind of the sequels we had talked about slashers, body counts he was sick and tired of watching those movies come out where the body counts were high there was no humanizing elements to the characters so he didn't care when they died there was no character development it was dehumanizing And he thought the horror genre lacked that, and that's what really made a horror movie great. So that was his really first intention with Kronos, is to humanize the characters, bring humanity back into horror films, and what better way to do that is than looking at someone's addiction to life. Um, And how to humanize someone is how they, you know, view their own humanity, their own mortality. How do they deal with that? And he does a lot of um, uh, great character development, I guess, or attempts at building these characters, building the humanity around them, uh, these two different men. Um, Even though it might not be his best written work, it is very good nonetheless. Um, Also, uh, with Kronos, a lot of gothic elements. Uh, Crimson Peak, that's another Guillermo del Toro, sorry. Crimson Peak is another one that he did. Uh, a, A lot of Guillermo del Toro's Films, the ones that he does for horror have a lot of gothic overtones to them um, and that is the case here as well in Kronos also Guillermo del Toro did Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark sorry that's another one Guillermo del Toro has done a lot of gothic overtones uh, deals with your immortality vampirish film um, dealing with um, your addiction to life I know I'm running long here, but I really, really enjoy Kronos and I wanna do a full length episode, but I'll cut it short. Uh, check it out. Um, I think you, you could definitely get it on Amazon Prime. Um, it's If you have that Criterion uh, streaming channel, there's a streaming channel for the Criterion collection. It will be on there. Um, you should be able to find this on uh, Google Play as well. Um, This one is more popular. Um, It's not like some of the other ones that I I recommended earlier, Um, but you should be able to find this one um, on most streaming channels. I know it's not though on Netflix or Hulu, but it will be on HBO Max Criterion Channel uh, for sure and Amazon Prime. So check those out. Other notable movies though for 1993 uh, that we can get into would have been Jason Goes to Hell, um, Ticks. Return of the Living Dead, and Leprechaun. The first Leprechaun came out in 1993, but that also uh, leads to Guillermo del Toro's comments about all the movies coming out during this time were like those high body count dehumanizing movies. Uh, Leprechaun was still, that was a new movie in 93, and he was kind of ahead of that, trying to say we need to bring humanity back into horror. Was Kronos a success? Uh, for critics yes critics love this movie and it was not a box office success though it had a budget of 2 million box office only made about $620,000 so it wasn't a commercial success but it was a huge critical success for Guillermo del Toro in his first feature length film to round it out you know, I gave you a little synopsis into what was going on in the horror genre in 1993 But also in 1993, in history, um, the Mars Observer, uh, NASA loses contact with the Mars Observer spacecraft during August, uh, bringing an end to the mission. Uh, That happened in 1993, as well as the Waco siege. The Waco siege on the compound belonging to the religious group, the Branch Davidians by American federal and Texas state law enforcement. was 1993. And finally, we all know the Beanie Babies. Beanie Babies, were first introduced in 1993. Uh, Pete, Lindsay, and I, I, are, I am sure, are very familiar with those as we are we grew up around this time frame. But that was what was happening outside of the horror genre in history in 1993. But with that, I will leave you with Chronos on October 4th. I ran a little long today, but tune in tomorrow for October 5th where I'll be going into Get a movie that was Aubrey. released in 1994. <laughs> But until then, i met Johnson and i in the shadows. Let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains in. I'm going to bash it right.